Hello everyone, welcome to the One Take Show. My name is Kaushik Shivasa, and you're listening to the 11th episode, part two, where we're in conversation with Mr. Bharat Chug. Sir is a former judge and is currently working as a partner for Luthra and Luthra Partners. Sir is also a writer, a columnist, and a poet. And today, sir is going to talk about white collar crime practices and the concept of super lawyers. If you haven't heard the previous part, make sure you do, where we talk about judiciary. Sir's experience at the bench, the grand shift from judiciary to litigation, and what tips and tricks does he have for the judiciary aspirants as well as the first-generation lawyers? If you like the episode, make sure you like, follow, and share the podcast. If, in case you have any suggestions, feedbacks, please feel free to reach out. I would love that. And hence, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's jump right into the discussion. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much uh, for telling us about your experience and uh, for shedding light onto the various aspects of uh, how and why uh, it has been so contributing to your uh, career and to your experiences as well. Now, this brings me to a more a substantial portion of our conversation today, where I would love to know about uh, the concept of white collar crimes and uh, what exactly is a white collar lawyer. Uh, white collar crimes lawyer and uh, what uh, what is the area of engagement or the avenues uh, in this field uh, would you like to please shed some light on this issue so so white collar crime is is generally a, a socio economic offense it is not a crime in the traditional sense uh, for example where somebody's lost a life or it's a hurt or a, a grievous hurt offense it's a it's an offense which involves for example financial fraud insider trading uh cheating money laundering corruption related offenses all of these offenses qualify as uh, white collar crimes now i'm personally <laughs> not a huge fan of the term because i think that uh, calling something white collar and uh, it gives it a veneer of respectability that sometimes may not be warranted i i i personally <laughs> like the term socio economic crimes uh, better but they are called as white collar crimes because it's traditionally seen that these are the crimes committed by people at the helm of affairs in big organization and government departments the decision makers people who were the so called white collar so that's the <laughs> historical reason for the term and uh, it being called white collar uh, i i do white collar crime uh, practice because i i i've always had a great passion for criminal law uh but uh, this is white collar crime as a good practice area is something that dawned on me much later in in the in law school and in the practice years because initially when you're starting off as somebody who's passionate about criminal law you're always looking mm-hmm. at it in terms of defending a very high profile murder case or a terrorist attack case or uh something that uh, you know that 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 fantastic notion that you have in your head that you're going to uh, you know go into the court and uh, make a very impassioned plea for your client's innocence that your client hasn't <laughs> you know really done the murder and uh, actually the murder right. is somebody else and then you make the person break down on the stand and you actually come up with blood stained gloves and guns <laughs> and what not so that right. that's the fancy right. notion right. that we have of what a criminal lawyer is but i gradually realized that there's there's more to it uh, than that there is a class mm-hmm. of offenses which are which are complex which are not out there in the in the public uh, imagination as much but they are as important to to us as lawyers and to us as society 
for instance so socio economic affairs can have grave implications for the economy of a country or for the lives <laughs> of people at large for instance a financial fraud that wipes away a majority of savings for a large part of the population wipes away pension funds where people have siphoned off money has has huge <laughs> implications so i i started studying financial fraud i started studying cheating and insider trading and securities fraud and things like that and i i realized that this is this is interesting to me because these matters are extremely complex they are difficult to figure out um, white collar <laughs> crime is usually very very well hidden because it is usually committed by people not in a state of passion or on an impulse but after careful planning and conspiracy and uh, this <laughs> makes it more of a challenge from a defense perspective and from a prosecutor's perspective to figure out and i thought that due to the complexity of these matters they also attract the very best minds that are out there in terms of senior counsels investigators law firms foreign lawyers <laughs> we get to work a lot with foreign lawyers on issues such as these because these are offenses normally of of a cross border implication for instance if you have mm-hmm. a company a us company who's also working in india and the indian subsidiary does something uh, for instance offers a bribe to get a very lucrative contract then it is not only an offense under the indian prevention of corruption act it is also an mm-hmm. offense under the us law the foreign corrupt practices act and the department of justice may initiate a separate prosecution in the united states so working on issues such as that you you get to uh you know take a step back and uh, look at more complex issues i mean uh, we've been associated mm-hmm. with the uh, with the 2g defense and uh, and a number of other cases and these these matters are challenging also because of the bulk involved there are cases where the charge sheets run into 50000 documents and you have to go through all of that in order to you know think of a defense for your client uh you mm-hmm. get uh, you know you get to work on difficult problems and and problems such as uh what happens if uh, a minister has uh, given a contract to x company and not y what are the considerations mm-hmm. that have gone into giving that contract is it okay for for a person in power to you know go to dinner with x person is it okay for a a, a consultant to give a call to a client and you know talk about uh, some price sensitive mm-hmm. information that that consultant has and that uh, may lead to you know a manipulation at the stock market you know issues such as those so it 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 mm-hmm. it's it's fun it's complex it requires a very very interdisciplinary approach uh, it requires uh, one to not only be good with indian law your prevention of corruption act your money laundering laws extradition but also uh, be very good with the law internationally extradition treaties uh, mutual mm-hmm. legal assistance treaties and this gives you an opportunity not only to work as defense counsel uh, in in many of these high profile cases and learn a lot in the process but it also helps you for example be the investigators lawyers or the prosecution uh, mm-hmm. be the be, work for the cbi work for the enforcement directorate the serious fraud investigation office and uh, mm-hmm. try prosecuting these offenses which again are very tough you also have a great uh, dimension to white collar crime practice which is the practice of inver- internal investigations and compliance for instance uh, uh, for example any company uh, which has a suspicion that there is a fraud that has taken place within the company mm-hmm. by certain officials the company would normally uh, at the asking of the regulator do an internal investigation 
to find out what really happened in order to fix liability and uh, mm-hmm. if for example the company finds out that yes there is a fraud that has taken place on the shareholders within the company the company would have to make disclosures to the regulators mm-hmm. the sebi for example had come out clean uh, so as a as a white collar crime lawyer you are also helping companies investigate their own affairs put their houses in order ensure mm-hmm. that there are robust compliance mechanisms within the company to ensure that mm-hmm. there are uh, no corrupt practices going on so there are different ways you can you you also play a great part in uh, in in working with the executives uh, of the company and the board of directors to help them understand what are the best practices when they are mm-hmm. for example working with the government department how do they participate in tenders to ensure that there is a level playing field and there are no allegations of any bad practices there so training mm-hmm. internal investigations defense uh, prosecution uh, and and you get to do all of that in in a practice area which is also criminal law so it, mm-hmm. it's sort of the best of both worlds right sir as a law student this this seems like a very very uh, interesting field to delve into uh, but uh, also like uh, i i personally do not have much idea about it and i'm sure a lot of my listeners also would love to explore this field how can law students uh, make efforts to navigate their way through law school in order to explore more and more areas of this field of white collar crime and the opportunities in this avenue so the, i think this good starting point would be an understanding of criminal law because at the mm-hmm. base it is that Uh, your concepts of mens rea actus reus you you understanding ipc as a as a mm-hmm. law uh, trying to break a section into the mens rea the guilty intention part and the physical part uh, uh, that analysis principles of criminal conspiracy common intention uh, the socio economic offenses within the ipc the the larger <laughs> principles of uh, corporate liability on uh, who is liable for example if com- if a company commits an offense is it uh, the particular individual who's done it or is it uh, the board of directors who's responsible so that that also needs to be seen and mastered uh, what is the mind and will of a company where does the buck stop so there are legal principles there and as you slowly gradually go on uh, a good understanding of uh, principles of corporate governance is also very important mm-hmm. because you would largely be dealing with uh, companies uh, it's not corporate law from the standpoint of a transactional lawyer it would be corporate law mm-hmm. from the understanding of how this beast which is an indian company works what are, what are the nuts and bolts who takes what decision how does a board of directors take a decision how are the minutes mm-hmm. recorded what is the liability of a director if he signs off on a particular thing what is the liability of an independent director if he is uh, not made the right noises at the right time what are the duties of auditors when they are auditing the company balance sheets uh, when are they supposed to be reporting a fraud uh, you need to understand these mm-hmm. fundamentals you also need to dive deeper into specific laws such as the prevention of corruption act very important is the central white collar crime law in the country uh, mm-hmm. you have to understand the prevention of money laundering act uh, which which, mm-hmm. which is again a, a big big practice area uh, fugitive economic offenders act evasion of tax there are laws dealing with the uh, assets and income parked outside the country uh your for, unreported foreign assets there are laws relating to uh, benami now benami just for your viewers is uh you, you know if you are holding a property in somebody else's name mm-hmm. for tax evasion purposes or fraud purposes but you are the real owner 
of the property in every sense then you are said to have committed the offense of benami very important for you to read benami laws uh, and then uh, you are doing internal investigations you know you apart from these uh, uh, hard subjects you need to also have a lot of soft skills for instance when you are doing an internal investigation to find out what really happened uh, mm-hmm. in a particular transaction and uh, who's responsible uh, when you're trying to help the company clean its affairs you'll have to develop the skills of interviewing people cross examining them mm-hmm. getting the truth out you have to have those uh, you know forensic set of eyes mm-hmm. of looking at things you cannot take anything at face value you are looking into thousands of mails and trying to find out that one incriminating mail you mm-hmm. are to, you are with the help of other consultants and it experts you are seizing laptops you are seizing mobile phones and you are trying to get into those to understand what really happened who's the bad egg in all of this and where should the liability lie so you know you're donning the hat of a sherlock as well and it's very very interesting mm-hmm. when you do it uh, so those soft skills of cross examination interviewing counseling uh, and and general analytical abilities that uh, you know trying to solve a difficult puzzle so all of this would you know really prepare mm-hmm. you for a, for a career in white collar crime right sir i believe this is a very very interesting uh, niche area of practice and i believe uh, uh, the entire idea itself is so enticing for uh, uh, at, at least for me and i believe for a lot of my listeners to actually look into this area start learning and preparing for uh, this area and actually uh, try our hand in this area and start working and interning in these areas so thank you so much for extensively uh, describing the uh, bits and bits of uh, the practice in white collar crime uh this brings me to the last topic of our substantial discussion today uh, so we talk about our concept of super lawyers now this concept has been coming up quite a bit in the recent discussions as in what exactly is a super lawyer why do india why does india need super lawyers and uh, how is the artificial intelligence transforming this entire profession so i would like to know your opinion as in how substantially is the ai transforming the the profession what do you understand with the, the term super lawyers and why do you think india needs super lawyers at this age that's that's a great question uh, that's something i personally am very very passionate about uh, <laughs> always wanted to be a lawyer but was equally uh, you know thrilled with the technology and always wanted to bring the two together uh, when i say and when i've said this in talks uh that india needs super lawyers i certainly don't mean that we need somebody who's wearing a fancy costume or a cape <laughs> and you know who who moonlights as somebody who's fighting crime and you know the superhero character mm-hmm. what i what i mean to really convey is that a lawyer who's at the very cutting edge of whatever's happening out there technology mm-hmm. ai big data is totally changing the way we look at law and the profession and judging and a mm-hmm. super lawyer is somebody who's 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 out there right on the cutting edge and who's gathering these skills and actively uh, he's, he's he or she is able to solve the problems that clients are throwing at us you know just to give you an example uh, we we are we are already being asked to decide legal liability uh, mm-hmm. in in cases where a, a self driving car or an autonomous vehicle kills somebody uh, right, now how do you fit something as uh, as as complicated as that in your indian penal code you know lord macaulay would not have thought in his wildest dreams that <laughs> uh, you know that the code would be used to decide a question where you are trying to see if a person who's just sleeping at the back seat of a car who's mm-hmm. where the car driving itself kills four people mm-hmm. in order to save the owner 
who is liable in that case do you do you hold the manufacturer liable do you hold the programmer liable do you hold the person uh, uh, you know sleeping at the back seat liable for the judgment call that the that the car has made or do you go in uh, for a regulator who's actively looking into the source code of every car to ensure that this is a car which is uh, social justice minded which is a car which is not a misanthrope which is not a selfish sort of a car who's only thinking about the owner's interest and not thinking about the society at large we are increasingly right, made to answer these questions for instance in this case is it a tortious liability or can it also be a criminal liability is something that you you'll have to answer as a as a criminal lawyer of tomorrow <laughs> you will have to answer what is the liability in cases of autonomous weapons <laughs> you will have to answer the legality and we are already answering it the legality of drones for a number of activities can you use a drone to deliver a parcel at somebody's house and if mm-hmm. yes what is the sort of data that you are collecting when you are making that delivery package uh, mm-hmm. we already see you know that that it is totally possible for somebody to do a, a perfect murder by just getting or hacking into a internet enabled car and making the brakes go fail or immobilizing the car how would you investigate right, such right. an offense what would be the right, evidence right. in such an offense you mm-hmm. would have to see which ip address that this hacker came in from what device was he using mm-hmm. electronic evidence tech uh, you know uh, there was this interesting case again of a of a gentleman in us somewhere making an insurance claim uh, mm-hmm. where he said that yes my house caught fire and uh, mm-hmm. i had to you know take out my important things and rush out of the house to save myself please give me the insurance money and the insurance mm-hmm. company took a very hard look at the case they had a suspicion that this is a false claim so what the insurance company did was was very interesting they asked mm-hmm. this guy for data of his pacemaker that he had installed in his heart and mm-hmm. then they looked at the pacemaker data Mm-hmm. which would obviously tell you how fast was his heart beating right, right what was his condition you know right. uh, physiologically at a particular time and when they looked at that they found out mm-hmm. that on the day when this guy says that there was a fire at the house and he had to run for his life mm-hmm. his heart rate was pretty much normal there were wow. no signs okay. of him being under a lot of physical distress and trying to save his life mm-hmm. so they came to the conclusion that this was a case where this guy had set fire to his house himself in order to uh, claim mm-hmm. the insurance money and later this guy was prosecuted for having filed an false insurance claim and for arson and imagine the power of that pacemaker or that mm-hmm. smart watch on your hand as a piece of evidence <laughs> so right, so, right, so, right, the, right. so the crimes that we are looking at and the sort of uh evidences that we are looking at is very very different from how it used to be in every case now your phone your smartwatch your location your call detail records gps locations is the evidence and we need lawyers who can understand these evidences better and ensure that they are admissible in court and mm-hmm. if they are acting for the defense to dispute the veracity of all of these evidences so criminal law is changing contract law is changing we already have you know ai systems who can enter into contracts on your behalf if you look at google duplex you can mm-hmm. actually have a virtual assistant mm-hmm. where the ai system can on your behalf call a hotel or a restaurant to make a reservation and or make a booking acting as your virtual assistant where the restaurant doesn't even know that they are talking to an ai system and not a human being now let's mm-hmm. take a situation where you've got your virtual assistant to make a reservation a very expensive reservation and you failed to show up mm-hmm. and uh, the restaurant wants to sue you 
now is it a valid contract can you actually get a ai system to contract on your behalf mm-hmm. uh, your indian right. contract right. act would not give you a clear answer on whether <laughs> a piece of code can be your agent or not can your siri be your agent can your alexa be your agent wow. can your alexa wow. get you into you know a valid binding contractual relationships or not Right, these right. are the, these are the questions that that we are answering we are we are already looking at whether you know a social networking website is state for the purposes of article 12 or not for example there is mm-hmm. a there is a there is a website that excludes a particular user from the platform and the person says no i have a right to be there i have a right to express myself but the website says i am a private company i right. have uh, no obligation to have you i don't want to contract with you Mm-hmm. but the question is whether if an organization has become so big uh, does that organization have a, a social uh, you know uh, obligation to be fair in how it's treating people so we are seeing constitutional law change with with gene editing and with superhumans mm-hmm. transhumans being right, thrown in right. uh, we would also be examining uh, the new dimensions of the right to equality you know we would mm-hmm. have to look at mm-hmm. for example reservation very very differently mm-hmm. now would i need a reservation against uh, being somebody from a socio economic backward section do i need a reservation against a general category candidate or me mm-hmm. as a general category candidate would need reservation uh against a, a superhuman being who's been gene edited to be superior than i am i mean not in my wildest dreams can i compete against somebody who you know sort of looks like rithik roshan or who mm-hmm. has the skills of zuckerberg <laughs> and who has the cha- charm of oprah you know so uh, we'll have to it, it needs a complete uh, shift in approach ai and tech mm-hmm. is transforming the profession like never before Uh, right sir. and not just lawyering it's transforming judging also so this is something mm-hmm. we can possibly get into in greater detail a later early later but uh, we need lawyers who can solve these issues defend these issues and before all of that understand these issues right sir oh my god i am uh, to a great extent speechless but also so excited to look into this because honestly all of this you were right because recently a uh, french uh, french court has come up with their judgment on the drones whether police can use it or not the evolving jurisprudence across the world regarding human gene patenting the times of vaccination and stuff like that is all changing and all of this somehow sounds like isaac asimov's dream story that is about to come true and uh, okay. this basically <laughs> answers somehow three major the questions firstly uh, why do india uh, why does india need super lawyers because it is an evolving field and they need to cope up with this how can the legal professionals keep up with these changes and uh, how substantially is ai uh, transforming the uh, the profession uh, so before uh, before we move uh, to the end of our conversation how do you think again this is a very selfish question and i understand uh, because i i'm i'm trying to make the best uh, of uh, how we can learn from uh, this conversation how can law students and not just the legal professionals how can law students also use this opportunity because i see this as an absolute opportunity for us use this opportunity to carve out a niche in in this concept of super lawyers and this concept of ai transforming the entire profession that's a, that's a great question uh you you and you know in this conversation we we identified a vacuum uh, mm-hmm. in order to to make a place for yourself you have to fulfill a need the vacuum is clearly there the need is there the idea is to have uh, you know a good skill set and then uh, deliver what's needed in the moment you know somebody uh, and it's a bit of a tangent somebody asked me a question on what your uh, 
uh, definition of luck is or whether you believe in it and uh, <laughs> i i borrowed from somebody uh, you know who's very very wise who said this i think it has to be my mom <laughs> so uh, that that luck, luck is a place you know where uh, preparation meets opportunity right mm-hmm. that's the definition right. of luck right. i don't think there is any luck over and above that so you have mm-hmm. an opportunity prepare yourself for it uh, try to understand tech a little better and unfortunately you know we all are are very 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 uh, you know tech savvy and up there uh, and and it, it's important for you to just understand technology better and trans and take it to your knowledge of law and uh, mm-hmm. you know put it put it out in a manner because you know we are also advocates at, you know before anything else we are the we are the voices of people who do not have a voice themselves there might be a fantastic tech engineer who understands the technology much better than you but can mm-hmm. he go and explain it to a judge sitting somewhere in karnataka for instance uh, there right. you are you are right. acting as an interpreter uh, between the court and uh, the the technology technology people and you are interpreting <laughs> it you are you are you are helping the judge understand which 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 sometimes may be a little difficult because for example if you're talking uh, to a judge who's not too tech savvy you know mm-hmm. it it becomes a challenge you know where we we've had cases where uh, i've had questions put to me when i'm mm-hmm. arguing a tech case by the judge such as you know if you're storing your data on a on a cloud what happens in monsoons when it rains you know so <laughs> you you'll have those sort of questions put to you i i've also had you know uh, you know somebody asking me a question that i have to give a hard copy of a source code or how does it look you know it's a source code it's a, it's, a, it's not really a hard right. copy i i right. and, and as a judge i've seen you know people mm-hmm. sort of uh you know uh, taking a cd and attaching it to the file by putting a sharp instrument through it not knowing how it works and all of that so uh, your job as a lawyer would be to take a, an idea of ai or tech interpret it put it simply and help the judge or the regulator understand uh, to help mm-hmm. your client uh, achieve uh, the objective and uh, for that you you need to understand tech and law your your information technology act data protection please you know read the gdpr read the bill mm-hmm. that we have read the shri krishna committee reports uh, read for example virtual currency is a, is a big area smart mm-hmm. contracts is mm-hmm. a big area that you should mm-hmm. read about it's going to revolutionize everything that we've known about contracts uh, so far for instance you know we were just advising uh, a client of ours recently on implementing smart self executable contracts uh mm-hmm. my my client is in the business of handing out licenses for software and right. uh, the license normally is for instance given out for use on five computers now mm-hmm. if the client is using the license for on 10 computers that may be a copyright infringement in that sense and then mm-hmm. you have to bill the client for those extra five computers that he is using the software on right which is not initially sanctioned right. So right. what we can come up with is that that you connect it to the bank account of the client in a in with a clearing mandate and then you charge the client on the basis of the computers that the ch- client is using at a given point of time with absolutely no human intervention you use the software on three computers you pay for three you use it for 15 you pay for 15 it's a contract that executes itself you know mm-hmm. so we we are actively advising clients to use smart smart contracts and blockchain to implement something like that for instance if and 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 you know not just private clients you you can advise states on things like those for example if there is a farmers insurance contract which pays a farmer a particular amount if mm-hmm. the if there is a certain amount of rainfall in a in a in a particular state 
now you would know that in maharashtra it has rained so much at a at a given point right that's data that's measurable why not connect it to bank accounts of the farmers and you connect the bank account of the farmer with the weather forecast company or the weather uh, company and then if you know that yes it has rained so much in a particular area why can't the insurance money be dispensed automatically to the account of the farm, farmer without any claim uh, having to be made so you can mm-hmm. help uh, you know ka people come up with better policies on the on the public service side also by by understanding uh, you know smart contracts uh, ai mm-hmm. and, and 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 you know the the best part about something like this is that you you constantly need to grow and evolve and this is very mm-hmm. very important in today's day and time you know many people are already sort of questioning people for example who are in the final year or young lawyers on what would happen the economy has is is has taken a downturn and uh, <laughs> what what's what's going to be the future what do i do which really helps me stand out so the answer is to innovate innovate and you know be relentless at it we lawyers i personally feel are a especially resilient species uh, you know a couple of years back we we were all thinking <laughs> that the mda market is not doing too well because people <laughs> are not investing in india and businesses <laughs> are failing and the npas are rising and then mm-hmm. certainly we realize that the insolvency and bankruptcy code is a very very attractive practice area which right, where you can help a business go out of business in a in a <laughs> in a systematic fashion and ibc turned out to be the biggest practice area that nobody had thought of and right, similarly right. you know in a, in a post covid situation you can take tech as an example where every, we are trying to turn our courts virtual our arbitrators virtual and if you can fulfill mm-hmm. that need uh, you you you're good and you know if you if you do not uh, if you are afraid of uh, letting your own convictions go and if you are too happy with the status quo then then mm-hmm. you know it it's, it becomes a little difficult you have to struggle to stay relevant and uh, if mm-hmm. you do not cannibalize yourself as somebody said somebody else will come and cannibalize you so it's important for you to break down your own certainties your own uh, you know understanding of the world and build it afresh in order to you know really serve a need out there Mm-hmm. Right sir I believe as you have rightly pointed out luck is basically when preparation meets opportunity and we have this opportunity we just have to work on our preparation and uh, this 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 entire conversation has if i put it straight be very straightforward i'm going to put this conversation this recording on loop listen to this at least 3 4 times make notes put those notes on post it stamps put them on my wall and start working on each and every step so i can be ready to exploit yeah, each and every of this you. opportunity uh thank you thank you thank you thank you so much sir i believe this is one of the most fruitful and the most in-depth conversations i've had with anyone in the legal profession uh, up to now and i believe i've learned so much and i'm really 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 grateful for this opportunity and uh, for your time and thank you thank you so much for contributing to my podcast and contributing adding so much value to my listeners and to this podcast thank you so much for taking thank time you, out for today sir pleasure being here thank you thank you thank you so much sir and that ladies and gentlemen was mr bharat chok wonderfully explaining in the first part his experience at the bench his mantra for clearing judiciary his tips and tricks for the first generation lawyers and the reasons that motivated him to shift from judiciary to litigation 
In the second part, we talked about the white collar crime practices. What does it mean to be a white collar crime lawyer? We also talked about a very interesting concept that is the concept of super lawyers. How is artificial intelligence transforming the entire profession? This was a huge learning experience for me because I had this wonderful, wonderful conversation. I loved every bit of it. And I'm sure this must have contributed to your intellectual growth. And if it did, make sure you like and share this podcast. You follow this podcast because I'm going to bring to you more and more such episodes. If in case you have any suggestions, feedbacks, please feel free to reach out to me. I would love that as well. Finally, I would just say, please make sure you take care of yourselves. Take care of your loved ones. Take care of your families. Take care of the people if you can contribute to the society. Stay inside. Stay safe. Stay strong. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. See you next time.